Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 What's that? All right. I'm Tommy for Rough Trade. I'm Caleb from Sacred Bones. All right. Now we're going to podcast. Um, Let the podcasting begin. So you're um, a record store guy. Yeah. Originally. That's where we met, was at Academy Records. And even before that, you were in Colorado at record stores, mm-hmm. right? I worked at a store called Twist and Shout in Denver for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then I also worked in a store in New York called Bleaker Bob's. You were at Bleaker Bob's? Yeah, for how long were you at Bleaker Bob's? A couple of years. I didn't know that. Was it wild? Oh, it was punishing. Yeah. It I've was been re- insane. I've been reading that guy uh, who does who just did the book with Mexican Summer about his stories at Bleaker Bob's, I guess. Are there Bob stories in there? there? He has a good one about, um, what's that dude's name? The famous record collector who plays in Endless Boogie. Oh, right. Yeah. And, uh, I don't remember anymore off the top of my head. He had some story about like the pinball machine was owned by the mob and having to work at the mob and stuff like that. The, or was it the, the payphone? I don't know. It's like the payphone the machine, field. and they got ticketed by the police. Oh, okay. And so he had to go to the mob to get the ticket removed. It sounds like a good story. Yeah, there's a lot of really crazy <laughs> stories. Yeah. Like Sid Vicious worked there for a little while. Mm. Lots of good, like, dope stories. Yeah. Yeah. And a fridge full of free beer or something. Did you guys still have I've that? got nothing free there. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny K met, Pat, met Patty Smith there. Yeah. Pretty good. I just remember for overpriced Beatles records. Everything was, was overpriced. Yeah. I think everything was $25 and up. That was a rough Pretty store. much was how you uh, <laughs> price things. Yeah, it's fondly remembered, but I don't know if anyone really shopped there. Uh, not in the later days. Yeah. It was tourists only, mostly. Yeah. Anyway, I just brought it up. Uh, so how did you transition from working in shops to putting out records? I, um, first one was the hunt. The first one was the hunt. Speaking of, Jasper from the hunt is calling me right now. Uh-huh. Uh, for this. The first record was by the hunt. Good friend of mine. I was working at Academy at the time, uh-huh. and my friend Jasper had a band and was looking to put out a record, like a seven inch. And I thought that I would try and do it. Uh-huh. How was it the first time, like manufacturing and stuff? It was a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had, you know, like, I don't know, um, five test pressings. Well, I remember I remember they it was a 45. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the first test pressing I got was no good. I sent it back. They sent me a new test pressing that was cut at 33 for some reason. It's never happened again yeah. that a record came back. At a completely different speed because they like replayed it. They, yeah, that's yeah, weird. I know. Huh. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Uh, it was harder than I thought, but I don't know. I, well, from there, like, did you keep like just how was the momentum? Were you like, oh, I could do this now, and you just kept putting out records, or did it take a while? No, I put out another releases? record pretty much right away. Yeah. I put out the Blank Dogs record next. I remember. And, and well, that's mostly... So then it was Blank Dogs and then Hunchback were the uh, number two and three, I believe. And right. those were friends of mine who worked at the Academy with me. Right. 
And that's kind of how it all started was like this community of people that, um, that I was involved with, you know, Mike Sniper, who was blank dogs. He went on to start capture, capture tracks like a, like a year or a little less than a year later. Um, and Mike Hunchback was in the Hunchback. He had a record label called Freedom School Records mm-hmm. as well. And so we all just kind of shared uh, information. Yeah. Like, uh, and posted on like the same message board. Message boards were really, I really big that. part of the early days of Sacred Bones. Uh-huh. Turbo. There was a lot of. Um purchasing from message boards or definitely sold so many records through (laughs) terminal boredom and direct or to other stores mostly direct yeah yeah mostly the early days most of sales was just direct yeah um and and um of course academy would sell a a ton of them and uh, other music would sell a ton and we'd get it in you know a handful of other stores right well yeah, you personally sold me that first Zola 7-inch. I can't remember if it was the De Steel one or your one, mm-hmm. but uh, how did you meet her and start working with her? Cause she turned out to be a pretty formative artist for your label. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she was dating a guy who had a project called Dead Luke. Oh, yeah. I remember Dead Luke. And uh, I'd put out... Those two seven inches in the by box, hand. the weird tinfoil box. Yeah, the tinfoil box. Uh-huh. Great box. Yeah, it was. Um, so I just listened to her music on MySpace. It was she, she was in his top friends. Yeah, MySpace was. Sick. <laughs> so I listen. I just like listened to it. And I was like, "Whoa, this is incredible! Who is it?" I was like, "Oh, it's my <laughs> my girlfriend." <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. So yeah, MySpace. Yeah, she's been playing one of those songs lately at the shows, yeah. which is Odessa. really giving me a thrill. Yeah, that's a wild song. It, it's a definitely a wild song. <laughs> it's a weird one to bring back. It still holds up though. That stuff for the head. All of her stuff ages super well. Agreed. Yeah, uh, it's not that old yet though. No, it's not.
Well, just something I really admire of, about your label over the years is uh, the ability to sort of just always reinvent itself in a way like where you, it's like, how did you discover like Chilean psych all of a sudden? MySpace. It's, this is all still MySpace. <laughs> it's all, I still get all the bands off of MySpace. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, but I. Just kidding. So thinking about that in, in those terms, like, do you. Do you feel there's like a spirit or aesthetic that drives sacred bones, or is it just like the I'll do whatever the fuck I want is the unifying theme or I mean I think that's those are the same things. Yeah. I think that the unifying spirit there is I, there's a it spans many genres, I think. But there's definitely a, a vibe. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I've always kind of looked at it, um, you know, like how you make a mixtape. Yeah. You know, where you like, you put like a, a Burzum song and then like Richard and Linda Thompson or something, you know, uh-huh. and somehow it works. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's how I've always thought of, of, uh, um, yeah. of, of the label. It's just, it crosses um, genres, but it all kind of flows in and out. Right. together you know it's nothing too that goes too far one way or the other right well, let's talk about colorado again and um yeah like wyman and the fresh and onlys and uh moon duo were those all guys that you knew from back then well no wyman miles and i worked together at uh twist and shout mm-hmm. and he was a good friend of mine uh i he moved to San Francisco. Maybe a he may, okay. Actually, a little bit after I moved to New York, but around the same time, mm-hmm. we uh, moved to the other sides of the country, and he joined the band Fresh and Olmes. I didn't keep in touch with him though. Yeah. Um. And then I heard then Fresh and Olmes sent me a shade from Fresh and Olmes sent. Me and everybody else demos, yeah. um, as you know, know because they all those early records were yeah. on every label. Every label. <laughs> uh, so, I and I was obviously like so pumped. They were such a great yeah, band, the best band. And Did you it was see only them? second after I heard them and was like, "Whoa, I'm really into this." That I found out that Wyman was in the band. Yeah, and that's kind of how we re- reconnected, and. Uh, yeah, the first time I saw them was at uh, South by Southwest, and they were on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, especially back then, that was quite a band. Yeah. Did you see them this past Sunday? I sure did. Yeah, it was out of town. It was great. It was really good? Yeah, it was really good. That's awesome.
Uh, yeah, and then Moonduo. Moonduo is from San Francisco. Yeah. They spent some time in Colorado after I oh, right. moved. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, they lived in the mountains for like a year or, year or two, maybe. Okay. Um, but that, I got to work with Moonduo just because I was a pest. <laughs> I like loved wooden chips so much. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Ripley would answer my annoying emails about trying to put out a wooden chips record. Mm-hmm. And he was always like, yeah, we don't have anything. We don't have anything. So, yeah. And then eventually he's like, well, we're doing this other project. You, would you want to do it? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. That was good stuff. Yeah. Now they're, they've put out so many records. They put out so many records. They play New York like so three times good. a year. They're on tour like seven months a year. They do work. They work Nine hard. Nine a year. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're the real deal. These guys are great. Yeah. And they, they keep it uh, keep it fresh, man. It's always, every record's great.
Yeah, so a cool thing that's happening is your 10th anniversary, and you're doing yeah all those um, color represses yeah. that they're stocking at Rough Trade mm-hmm. and selling. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> if Only if people buy them. Yeah, just trying to think of the... The topics, the rough trade topics. Yeah, uh, we did a bunch of special pressings of some uh, quote-unquote classic mm-hmm. releases. Yeah, that were that were out of print otherwise. Um, we try to keep everything in print, but stuff, some stuff just slips away for sure for like a little while. And that's been really fun. Yeah. The Zola with the two EPs on it's pretty essential. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that is unstoppable. Uh-huh. That record, the two EPs is one record. Yeah. Forget it. That was quite an era. Re-listen to it. Like, now. Yeah. It's so insane. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good stuff. And her new one's fantastic. That was the Rough Trade album of the month. Damn right. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um... Yeah, it's good to have have her back on the label. Yeah, for sure. She played the venue at Rough Trade and was excellent. Tore the house down. I thought so. So some other seminal Sacred Bones bands like the Men. Yeah. Men. Yeah. How'd that start? Because they had put out a couple early raw stuff that was making <laughs> splashes on the punk Boards. Yeah, yep, that's true. And is that how it's it like found a, its way to you? a vinyl favorite, if, if I remember right. Um, no, I found it uh, uh, at Academy. Academy. Yeah, my friend Ryan Ado, who I worked with, right. he works at Rough Trade, the label now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes in the shop every once in a while. Ryan and I worked together at Academy, and he was friends with those guys, and they brought in the record, and he he wrote up. A nice review of it. And I was right. like, "Yo, what is this?" And he told me about it. And I, was, I was thought it was really, really good, and somehow got in touch with them, and they sent me the record. And I think some time passed before I listened to it, or I don't know what the holdup was, but I do remember that uh, Chris Hansel mm-hmm. from the Men. Uh, I saw him at, I hadn't met him yet. Yeah. It was the first time I met him. He came up to me at the Swans show at the uh, Brooklyn Masonic Temple. Sure. And was like, <laughs> totally gave me so much shit for not getting back to him. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I sent you the record, man. Why did you write, why did you write back? And I was like, I'm what? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going to listen to him. And then I was like, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and that was uh, Leave Home, which is. Just such a good record. Yeah, that's a classic one. Yeah. Did that get a color? It did. The, the 10th anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. Clear. That's the jam. I believe. Yeah. And Hansel eventually, that, that's a good quality because now he does PR for you. So yeah. You need him pushy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, yeah, and their records really change from one to the other, sort of like, you know, the spirit of Sacred Bones constantly changing always yeah they have a new record hasn't we haven't announced it yet but there's a new record for them next year oh wow are you doing it yeah yeah it's great podcast exclusive podcast exclusive
Uh, oh, Exploded View. I was thinking about that because you got a new one coming. Yeah. And that was one I remember, if I'm not mistaken, you were pretty hyped on Annika when you were still at Academy. Is that possible? Yeah, I think that was right around the tail end of those oh, days. okay. Because, yeah, I feel like you sold that one to me on your oh, enthusiasm. Man. I was it's kind of cool. obsessed with that record. Years Still later. Still am. Yeah. That record is so good. Yeah. I, I always thought it's, it's pretty sweet that you get this project that she's yeah. doing now. And man, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I love it. I'm so, so stoked on the new EP, too. Yeah. It's such a nice little companion to that their debut. Mm. cool band um i'm really excited for them to to continue doing stuff and hopefully they can come to the states and tour yeah that's like a really big uh for sure big goal um but i mean i've yeah like i've been a big fan of hers forever i just love her the way that she sings yeah is really unique yeah a lot about that first record is very unique there's not totally. much like it totally yeah yeah pretty cool and and it really i think that the exploded view record really proves that a lot of that is is her yeah and not uh you know jeff barrows who mm. which i mean obviously like it it very much sounds like him as well but she brings so much of this unique quality yeah to to the music that she's a, a very special yeah, special sure. singer when's the new one comes out in november november yeah november something 10th soon soon yeah mm -hmm. it'll, cool. it'll be available at rough trade yeah 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 rough trade customers should look for it get your pre-orders then yeah hurry up <laughs> before they're gone
have like a I'm sure it's a bad question, but do you have a favorite like deep cut that you feel like nobody caught on to? Hmm. I think one of my favorites is the Nerve City EP. Yeah. I, like I feel like that's too. a that's a pretty deep cut that no one no one talks about. What was that a a project from? What didn't he play in another band? Jason played in uh he had he had previously played in Blood in the Well, uh-huh. maybe? Like Florida hardcore band or something. Mm. I don't remember. I just have a memory that it was like a side project, Nerve City, but Yeah. False memory. Maybe a false memory. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. Great record. Yeah. Yeah. That, that song, Sleepwalker, is like one of my favorite yeah. Sacred Bone songs. with the shows coming up and stuff and that was on there thanks sure. man yeah you're welcome where'd you put it on my iphone cool where do you put a playlist i could make a cassette i still question. do that do you yeah i love doing pretty that. regularly it's a lot of work though it just helps me like listen to stuff and yeah process it better mm-hmm. with everything coming in and out you listen to it closer do you have a walkman no, it died. I have like um, an old console at my desk at work that oh. I listen to them a lot. And That's then cool. um, actually Rough Trade's been carrying like these little cheap boombox contraptions that are pretty cool. Mm. So I got one of those for the beach. Oh, are you a beach guy? Sometimes. Mm. A couple times a year. I'm not into it. <laughs> I 
don't like the water so much. I mean, I love taking you just showers. You need to find like a three-piece beach swimsuit. Yeah. You know, the vest and everything, and then it's just too big. You're set. The ocean's too big. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't go in that much of the ocean. Yeah, though. but you could. You could if you wanted to. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. Yeah, well, that's why there's like entire scientists about it. You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. The ocean. You ever I like looking the, at it though. You ever see the abyss? Dude. It's a good movie. Great movie. Yeah. There's aliens in the ocean. I mean, there probably are. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen those, like, deep sea, like, uh, squids? Yeah. I like <laughs> deep sea squids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to get in there. Yeah. Well, first step, go to the beach. Go swimming. Nah, it's all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I want like James Cameron to take me on his little deep sea adventures. He'll get a song in um in the new Avatar. Maybe he'll do it. Dude. Yeah. They making another Avatar? I think they're making like four of them in a row. Here's the hot take. That movie sucked. Yeah. I think that's pretty <laughs> um standard. Is that a regular take? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad. We're all that... sort of blinded by the technology. See, I thought it was real bad. Yeah. Like right off the bat. Soundtracks, that's a good segue back into go. Sacred Bones. Great label. Yeah. So you work with um, Carpenter and Lynch now. Yeah. Which I'm sure you're sick of talking about. but Love it. That's, that's my uh, dudes. That's been really cool. Yeah, it's, it's like a dream come true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They're like my favorite people. I know. Yeah. David Lynch is my actual number one hero. Lynch came first, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. That's the, the famous David Lynch box story where you save him a bunch of records. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'll tell the story. Yeah, do it. Um, yeah, so I had stashed away a, a version of every record that we'd put out, which there's usually, like, two versions of everything. So it was a big, big box of stuff after, like, you know, however many years, maybe four years or something. And I was going to send this box just anonymously to David Lynch mm-hmm. uh, with, I don't know, I was going to write a note or something that said, I think you're cool. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I hope you like me too. Um, and I had, so I had acquired a, an address yeah. to send this box to. And when I was about to send it, I was just catching up with a, a, an old friend who lived in Los Angeles, and he was telling him about this box mm-hmm. and my my little plan. And he was like, well, you know what? You should send it to me because my friend is his attorney, and she might actually be able to just send, give it directly to David mm-hmm. and just hand it, hand it over to him. And I was like, dude, that sounds like a much better idea. And we so I was able to send her this stuff, and she kind of talked me through like what what we should actually give him. It was maybe a little too much, it was a little right, right, right. Pretty insane yeah. box of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so we we uh, put together a, a a bunch of records. She gave it to him, and he he thought it was cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He said that he thought it was very avant garde. Do you remember? Did he? notice any music in particular do you remember 
I, I have assume he didn't listen to any of it. And he just looked at it and thought it looked cool. Yeah, the aesthetic was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um and then uh, I started talking uh to his studio guy, mm-hmm. Dean Hernley. Right. Who we just did that little uh yeah. record for. Talking to him um quite a bit and uh, proposed this idea of reissuing the Eraserhead soundtrack. Right. And this was like before the every single soundtrack was available on yeah, vinyl yeah, again. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember that. So Those it was, were the days. So it was kind of like, sure. Like, yeah. I remember they were just like, yeah, I guess if you want to, uh-huh. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, you know, we worked really, really hard, probably for about two years mm-hmm. uh, on that one. And just making sure everything was right, um, getting uh, acquiring all of the mm-hmm. the right um, images and, and 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 all the stuff for the packaging and, right. and laying it out, and uh, it was well received. People were, were into it, and it's a beautiful yeah, it's, it's a it's beautiful record. Looking yeah. record. And yeah. uh, and then from there, you know, uh, we. Um, just built a, on that relationship and have yeah. done like three more records since then. Yeah. Maybe three or four. Some really cool stuff. Yeah. He seems to approach everything he does, music included, very uniquely. And yeah. Definitely. <laughs> giving you some strange pieces, which I, is great stuff. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's his own man, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. You got your good things, and I've got introduced to john through this same person same mm-hmm. attorney who started working with john carpenter and she just approached me and was like hey i'm working with john carpenter now like is there if there's any anything that you any ideas you have mm-hmm. i could bring it to him and this was kind of this was after death waltz did a bunch of the reissues, right. a bunch of the yeah. soundtracks already and 
I was like, I don't know. I I mean, for the most part, all of those soundtracks have been um, had been released. I think maybe except for maybe the thing. I think everything else had been, right. been released. And so I so I told her, well, maybe ask John if he has any uh, any old like cues that that were that weren't used in, in any of his films or anything kind of mm. laying around that we could cobble together some sort of archival release. And she said that, you know, talk to him. He doesn't have any of that stuff, but he's been making music for the last like two years with his, yeah with his son in his basement. Which is such a and cool like, story. Yeah. And she's, she's like, do you, do you want to hear any of it? And I was like, yeah, for sure <laughs> like what could it even be i don't know and so yeah he sent a cdr in the mail yeah and uh wish i remember what it said um, you still have it yeah oh yeah definitely. of course of course <laughs> I, I keep everything unfortunately yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and it was it was really amazing yeah it was really amazing
now we've done three records with him. Yeah, one's coming out this Friday. This Friday. I'm sure when the podcast goes up, it'll already be out. Right, so everyone listening will already have bought it. Yeah, you should have bought it already. Yeah, if not, you're a bad person. Yeah, bad Rough Trade customer, that's for sure. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, and he's still touring and doing that thing. He loves touring. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. When I saw him. He's he's he was a master stageman. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Got a whole routine worked out with the sunglasses and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Well that's excellent. What else you got coming up? What's this winter? Anything? That's it. John Carpenter Mm -hmm. and Exploded View. Those are two good ones. Yeah. And then yeah. That's it next year yeah bunch of stuff yeah um we haven't announced yeah we won't talk about it yet yeah but you know but it will be mind-blowing yeah we're gonna change the game yeah as they say well we could talk about the last um blank mess record great record that they, was one of my favorites he played rough trade he did recently yeah and he's from Kill um, it. he's from the uk Sure is. So maybe he's a, even more popular there. Uh, he is more popular there, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good fucked up record. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible record. Mm-hmm. You see he's playing with Cannibal Corpse in Austin. No, that's a great billing, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking loud. I uh, was telling Brad, your employee at... Tigger Bones, my buddy, Brad. Great guy. Great guy. Shout out, Brad. Um, Mr. Brad. One of the craziest shows. And I, I was so jaded to Cannibal Corpse for a while. But yeah. I saw one of their shows because I wanted to see the opening band. And I have never seen anything like it. Just, you know, they hit the notes on, you know, Hammer Smash Skull or something. And the entire room just yeah. like from wall to wall erupted like innocent bystanders just turned into animals all of a sudden and i was just like i haven't seen anything like this since i was 16 you yeah know? <laughs> that, that's awesome it's still like that yeah it was nuts <laughs> it was really cool so that's the great bill you know the intensity totally. of blank mass just sort of whipping people into a Rage right before Cannibal Corpse.
Misfits first got back together? The Michael, Michael Graves, Graves Misfits? Yeah. Their first tour, I think, was with Cannibal Corpse. Oh, yeah. And I went to go to that show, and it was total, it was total insanity. Mm-hmm. It was, like, all these punks and then all these, like, metal heads. Yeah. And it was, it didn't, it was not a good combo. <laughs> especially because then the Misfits canceled. Oh, no. So people were really mad. Wait, people were there already to see the Misfits yeah. and they canceled? Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't remember. Uh, Something happened to Michael Graves. Yeah. Um, and then there was a lot of fights. Uh-huh. It was, but the Cannibal Corpse fans are just wild. Yeah, there's something else. Wild. Do you think the punk versus metal rivalry has died down a little bit in recent years? There's some punks that sound metal and some I don't think metal that's a, that's a thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. They cohabitate pretty well. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good crossover bands these days. For sure. Yeah. Impalers. Great band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Power Trip, is that, is that considered? Yeah. Is that, would you consider? That's I mean, they're like favorites. one of the best bands yeah. in the world. So Texas. Yeah, so you got um, Destruction Unit. Yeah. An institute yep. from that community. Destruction so, uh, Unit's from... From Arizona. Oh shoot! I always think they're Texas. Yeah. Oh. You know they live in a hot, arid yeah. southern state. Similar. Similar vibe. Yeah. Gnarlier, maybe a little gnarlier even. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Institutes from Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although they mostly live here now. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Are they still a band? Mm-hmm. Mm. Two of them live here. One in Austin. One in Houston. Okay. Or as we call it here, Houston. Houston. What are you listening to these days? What do you, what records are you liking? Well, I don't know. Have you bought um, any good stuff lately? What did I buy recently? I've really been in that band Kikigaku Moyo. Mm-hmm. I've been really into them. Were you at the show here? Yeah, it was awesome. That was a good show. Dude, it was so good. Yeah. I really love that last LP, and the new EP is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been listening to that a lot. Honestly, I've listened to a lot of Johan Johansson. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Listen to that stuff. I was listening to the, the Hannibal TV soundtrack today. Did he do that? No. Oh. Uh, but I can't remember. Brian something. I heard that's a good show. I want to watch it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of time to watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Someday. Good score. Yeah. Check good it score. out. Uh, listen to a lot of Tom Petty. Yeah. What yeah. the hell, man? It's pretty funny because you're not funny. I'm sorry. Um, not funny. But you were working to get me into Tom Petty. I know. Right leading up to his passing. Ever worked? Um, I'm trying, but I don't want to be a wagon jumper at this point. But yeah, yeah, but everyone. I'm listening. It's good, man. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, I know. I just have these gaps, you know? I know. You can work in music and work at a record store and still not know everything. I don't like Depeche Mode. You don't like Depeche Mode? That's yeah. one? Yeah. Why not? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of block. Did you like their contemporaries? Or yeah. Stuff from that same yeah. vein? And that just totally. didn't click? Like New Order? Yeah. That kind of thing? Yeah. So much. Mm. Yeah. Dennis at Rough Trade has, a, I think it's Depeche Mode. He has a really good story about um, they were going to have a Depeche Mode signing at a store he worked at in LA. Mm-hmm. 
and so many people showed up that they caused a riot, and they had to call in, like, riot police for a Depeche Mode signing. Wow. (laughs) There's just thousands and thousands of people, which is crazy to imagine a band being that big to warrant that sort of signing attention, but that band in particular is pretty funny to think about causing a riot. Amazing. Yeah, they're a very popular band. Yeah. Do you like them more now that you know that there was a Depeche Mode riot? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss Lust for Youth. What are they doing live now? Um, they have a new member, this uh, this girl Soho, uh-huh. who sings on the records. Yeah. And but now she's she's uh, she's taking Locust's place. Okay. Because he's just focusing on like Croatian Amor and Le- and Damien Dubrovnik and Posh Isolation stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But it's great, man. She brings a lot of really cool energy. She sings on the record. Mm-hmm. So she does that. Amita or something? Yeah. That that's the jam. That is the jam. I'm trying to look up that record real quick. It brings the house down. We could plug that for Rough Trade customers, too. Wait, what's the the, fir- the one with the white one? International. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Classic. 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 I mean, those guys should be playing stadiums. They're better than Depeche Mode. <laughs> They should be causing fucking riots, man. Yeah. So Rough Trade customers should go special order, Lust for Youth. International. International. And then start a riot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we could beat it. The Lust for Youth riot. Exactly. Let's do it. Depeche Mode's boring. Mm.
Anything we didn't talk about that you want to like plug? I think we were going to talk about these little cassette boxes that we're doing for right. for Rough Trade. Cool. We're making there's three different ones. Uh, there's the Moon Duo, Occult Architecture One and Two. Like mm-hmm. We're doing these double cassette boxes right now. Cool. Um, because cassettes are cool. Well, that was nice because those those work as a nice combo. There's, yeah. There's like the Rock and record and the mellow record. Totally. Yeah. And so we're doing that. We're gonna do the Institute. There, there are two records. Uh huh. And then uh, Killed by Death Rock Volume One and Two. Oh, that's sweet. And those are exclusive to our mail order and mm-hmm. and and to Rough Trade. So the only store that'll have them it's rough is Rough Trade. Trade. That's right. That's that's exciting. It's very exciting. That's the second exclusive of this podcast. And there's. Probably a lot more. Oh, man. There's just too many to remember them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so exciting. You ever, you know, you were like a factory records guy at all? A little bit, yeah. I was like obsessed with factory records. It was like the first record label that I had like realized like what a record label was. Uh-huh. Um, and was like really, really into... Uh, like Peter Seville's design and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and they made these tape that like basically took the idea from these tape boxes right. that they used to make all the like new order. All the factory records had like this cool little box, and they all like you know put put them on a shelf, and they all like look so good together. Oh, sweet! I never heard of that. They're really cool. They're hard to find. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Criterion Collection thing. Exactly. Yeah. I love Criterion Collection, yeah, too. Me too. So are you going to keep making these tapes? Probably. Yeah. It'd be cool to have a shelf like that. Yeah. All right. I like putting things on shelves. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Caleb. This was a this was a good talk. I enjoy talking to you, Tommy. Yeah, I know. Let's, let's continue talking just without microphones. I can't sometime. wait. Yeah. This has been Tommy for Rough Trade. Caleb from Sacred Bones. All right. Thanks for listening. Rough Trade Radio. The Horrors 5. Available in store and online at roughtrade.com.
Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.